They did it. <laughs> Funny they <happened>. did it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, this was the, these were the words that came out of my mouth when at three o'clock was it last was it last Thursday last Friday? Uh, yeah. I think it was yeah Thursday. last Thursday on the twentieth at three o'clock in the afternoon when I was sitting mm-hmm. at a restaurant in London. You're on watching <laughs> the birthday <laughs> of my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> whilst we are at the table and I say I need 10 minutes oh really there and were I take other my people phone involved out. no it's just the two of us <laughs> oh okay I take my phone out and I put my headphones in and I watch the the Nintendo NX reveal and I watch the whole thing I have a grin ear to ear on my face yeah, I think I, yeah. I I think I gasped at one point and then when it was done and I'm not kidding with goosebumps I said, they did it. Yeah. Because they have done it. I was at home much less romantic than, than your story, Mike. I, I was watching the video by myself. I was constantly hitting refresh on the Nintendo website, and it, it crashed. So I think it was under too much you know, heavy load. So I went to YouTube at like uh, 4.01, um, and I checked out the, the Nintendo YouTube page. And it was Nintendo Switch reveal uh, as the title, which of course kind of spoiled the the name, you know, from the from the video title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I gasped, uh, so I was watching like my my jaw was progressively dropping. But when the like it was like in stages, it happened in stages. But when the guy went on the plane and then flipped out the kickstand yeah, man. and oh, removed that kickstand, I like I think I screamed. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> and I was like laughing by myself. I felt like a crazy person. And then, I mean, Zelda, new Mario game, Splatoon. It, it was everything that I was hoping the NX would be. So, you know, the dream of the Nintendo hybrid console, the or rather, you know, the home console with the full games that you can take on the go. And it was, you know, kind of condensed in three minutes on YouTube, which is kind of weird because there was no big event, no, you know, splashy announcement, just a YouTube video. But yes, they 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 did it. It was basically everything we were hoping for, but also everything we kind of knew from the leaks. And I think for our generation, this is the dream, right? The same games yeah. everywhere? Yeah, yes. I've, since I was a kid, I've been dreaming of... I, I kind of grew up with a, with two mindsets of Nintendo games. There's the Nintendo experience that I get at home. So there's the full Zelda, there's, you know, the full, the real Mario. And then when I'm on the go, first with the Game Boy, and then with the DS and the 3DS, there's the Nintendo games that I take on the go, which are just as awesome, but, you know, lighter or different experiences. And now, from this video, it seems like the idea is there's only one Nintendo, and it's always with you. And that is, I gotta say, that is what I've always wanted in many, many ways, to be able to take Mario always with me. Not, you know, Mario Land or Mario World, whatever, but the the real, the full Mario. And, you know, younger me would have paid so much money to get this. Uh, And now it seems that it's possible. But we have still many, many questions and many, many, at least from my part, many observations to make about what Nintendo actually announced. Shahid, as the adopting father of the PlayStation Vita, 
as the uh, killer of Mario also. <laughs> the killer of Mario. <laughs> How do you feel about this device being the one, kind of the one device to rule them all? Absolutely love it. Wonderful announcement from Nintendo. You know, it's so easy for Japanese companies in particular, Japanese console companies, to botch launch messaging for a console. It can so easily get cluttered with loads of conflicting messages. And what I loved about their announcement, and there are lots of things to love, but the thing I loved most about it was just how stylish it was for something that was not cutting edge. It was stylish because it's exactly what people want. I'm not saying everyone wants it, but they know their audience. They know who loves this machine and who's going to love this machine. And they absolutely nailed it stylistically. And the other thing I liked was the complete and utter shameless focus on games. You know, the thing I was expecting about that aeroplane scene was that the the young man was going to start watching a movie once mm-hmm. the kickstand came out. And I just laughed out loud as soon as he started playing on the controller. I'd, and I said exactly the same thing as you guys. I, I, I guess... It, pretty close to i mean i just went yes because he was playing a game with a kickstand on a plane and that for me was beautiful i mean as for vita you know vita's a long time ago you know i started to uh i i guess work on it in a very serious way in 2012 and a lot of my efforts started to fall away around the back end of 2014 so it is quite some time ago now and i love that device to bits as you know and I loved what happened on that device. But here was the thing. It was coming just uh, in, in advance of PS4. And so as a company, because at that time PlayStation was in a lot of trouble, it had to focus. And as a result of that, anything that wasn't absolutely core activity, that is the next generation at the time, PS4, was going to get less attention. So mm-hmm. it was left to... Um, you know, somebody not massively important like me to to try and do an impossible mission, you know, like that whole um, uh, Capricorn One thing. You know, they didn't expect me to live by the end of it. But, um, yeah, what what I love about the way Nintendo has done it is that this is what we talked about on Remaster before, is that I always expected this to be a portable plus, not a living room console, but a portable console whose secondary role is as a big screen. And I think that came across really brilliantly. And the other thing that came across brilliantly was that social play element. That absolutely blew me away. It's another thing that we talked about in Remaster, the possibility of local multiplayer on a single handheld device. What genius! I mean, there are going to be so many wonderful games that exploit that feature. And I can't wait. So, you know, yes, uh, as as somebody who was very, very closely involved with the Vita, it it's... It's, yeah, it's not painful. It's it's actually very, very pleasurable for me to see that there is still a role for portable gaming and that a company as important as Nintendo is pulling it off. I love it when they do this. I absolutely love it. And I'm really looking forward to this machine. I want two, by the way. <laughs> Any specific reason? <laughs> just because, you know, I want to keep one in a box I mean, <laughs> or give it away or something. It's just... You know, when, when a company produces something absolutely brilliant, you want to support them. I just think it's a very bold move. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I like the way that they've gone left field without going too crazy because they could have done that. They could have said, yeah, you know what? It's triple screen this time and everyone would have <laughs> yawned. 
But instead, what they had was this really beautifully put together device with unique branding as well. I love the branding. I love the focus on red. I love the asymmetric control design. All of these touches. And that screen is big. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not it's not a small screen. That's a decent screen. I'm I'm just can't wait. I'm going to love this. Let's talk about branding. Uh, I feel like the name Nintendo Switch just so much better than anything Wii-related, you know, like the Wii U that nobody basically got. It's clear, it's catchy, I think. It's got good potential for advertising campaigns like Make the Switch or whatever. Uh, the, the, the logo type stuff for the animations with the logo, with the snap of the two controllers, I think it's cute, I think it works, and I, I, I love it. I think it's a great name. So I have a theory about the branding and the video, um, I, and, and I don't think that this is a, a very bold theory, but I don't think this came from Nintendo Japan. No, it's Nintendo of America. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's everything about the name and the video. I totally agree with you, Mike. Uh, everything about the name and the video and the, the overall feel of the announcement is very uh, Western culture mm-hmm. to me. And I feel like like, this is part of the new, smarter Nintendo, which understands its flaws and will work to try and fix them. You know, like the Wii U and even the Wii's branding was so... It just didn't work in the Western world. You know, we we forgave the name Wii because the product was great. Yes. Right? Wii U as a name doesn't work because it makes it seem like an add-on to the previous console, which it wasn't. Yeah. 3DS, we could kind of get understand that. New 3DS? What does that even mean? Nothing. Right? Yeah. Like, And so I think that they, they've really taken that on board and decided to think differently about how they were going to brand this thing. And the video, um, you know, as, as you mentioned, like, this is clearly set in America. Yeah. Right, like that is a decision that they made. They set the video in America. But the thing that's the most interesting to me about this is the age of everybody in the video. Yeah. There are no children in this video. There are only adults. And dogs. And dogs. By the way. <laughs> like they are very clearly aiming at that nostalgia market with at least this first teaser. Mm-hmm. Now I thoroughly expect there to be further teasers and further videos and further information that focus back on kids again. But they are aiming at that 20 plus yeah. market. They're aiming at the people who have the money, who have the nostalgia, who are on the go, who want a game to play, maybe. Right. And they are they're focusing heavily on that market with the Switch. It was kind of fascinating to me to see them go in this direction. Mm-hmm. So t- two points that I want to make. First one is that I feel like by setting the the very beginning of the video at home, um, they're kind of pushing the idea that this is not like a portable console that you plug into the TV, which is kind of kind of mirror its content to the big to the big screen. It's a home console that you can take on the go. Yeah, and the the difference is very subtle, but I feel like it's important for Nintendo to make to set expectations. This is this is a home console that you can take with you. It's not a Game Boy that you plug in with the cable and goes to the TV. Now, my expectation is, from a technical perspective, it is the opposite. But that is not how Nintendo wants to position it, which I think is the right thing to do. Yeah. And the second aspect is about the nostalgia and the market they're going after. I think 
Nintendo, of course, is not moving away from kids and families, which is their core audience. But I also think it's not necessary, maybe not all the way, to... I mean, you can appeal to families even with this kind of video and even with the NES Mini. Because even if you don't show kids, you can appeal to the 30-something parent who remembers playing Nintendo games. So even if you don't show kids in the commercial, you can still appeal to that young father who wants his kid to remember what games used to be and what games he used to play. Yeah, they want these things in people's homes, and the way that they get into homes is by adults buying them. Yes, yes, totally. And then the rest they can just figure out along the way. Yeah. So from the announcement video uh, about the games that we got, it's very not clear right now. So the only thing we know for sure is that there's a new Mario game. We got like 10 seconds of footage. Uh, we saw, it. Uh, I think, a Day of the Dead, you know, the Mexican um, celebration kind of mm-hmm. inspired level. And it's a totally new game, but we don't know anything. Then we saw ports, remasters, virtual console, we don't know, new versions of Zelda which we know is coming is launching both on uh, Wii U and Switch, but also Splatoon, NBA 2K, and Skyrim. They spend a lot of time showing off Skyrim. The odd thing right now, which maybe Shahid knows a lot more about the way that the industry works in these cases, um, neither, you know, uh, no company um, behind NBA or Skyrim actually confirmed that these games are coming, so there must be some kind of deal to say show off our footage, but we won't comment on those things right away. Well, there are obvious technical hurdles to getting these incredibly complex games that usually demand enormous horsepower into what is clearly a constrained device. Now, I'm going to do something very unusual that hurts me, and I'm going to have to disagree with you, Federico, on one point. Um mm. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think this is the way I see it. So I, I see this very much as a portable console that can be plugged into the TV. I think for the majority of that trailer, you saw the device being used in a portable True. context, but not to open with. To open with, you saw it as a home console. Nintendo appreciates that most people use devices in a mobile setting nowadays. Nintendo are also very smart and realized that that big box under the telly slot has been occupied by PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and is likely to be continued to be so. I noticed that the stand for the Switch was on top of the TV stand, which is not where you'd normally stick a large console. So I, I see it as, as a dock from which the device is frequently removed and frequently used in a mobile context and a social context. Now, the ramifications of that, of course, are that it has to have mobile-constrained hardware, albeit top-of-the-line mobile hardware. But you, you look at the current state of the art of mobile hardware. Can it support Skyrim? Can it support NBA and so on? It's probably very hard to tell until the hardware and the software are much more stabilized, which is why I would imagine larger publishers are going to be slightly reticent to commit to any kind of release schedule on these games because there's a lot of work that needs to be done to to squeeze a quart into a pint pot, so to speak. And that's going to continue to be the case. And these games are not easy to stick onto uh, Xbox One and PS4, never mind something like a Switch. 
So how on how are they on it? Like how are they showing? Like so, like what Federico was saying that was a terribly worded question. How how are they showing them? You know, they're showing these games by these publishers in the video. Like, how does that come to fore? I wouldn't put too much stock in the videos that you saw. I very much think that the entire uh, teaser, if you like, was about hardware concept and use case concept as right. opposed to software concept. Uh, software concepts are are there in support and very often i mean this i I can't speak for nintendo but i i can say um how things worked at playstation you could work with partners to announce that a title was coming but commit to no specific schedule and there would be all kinds of caveats because the publisher would still be free to withdraw support if they felt it wasn't technically possible. The idea here really is just to ensure that the hardware is displayed with software that people recognize. So I I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that footage that you saw was not necessarily running on a Switch or was running on some kind of beefed-up development hardware prototype and and then smoothed out to make sure it looked great in a concept video. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because let's face it, you're looking at a lot of these games being played on a small screen. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard to make it look like 4K or anything like that, you know? <laughs> it's still going to look like a game on a small screen. So I don't think that in terms of representation there's going to be any deceit going on. It will if it does come out, that's what it will look like because you can get away with not having enormous resolution on a smaller display, even if you do upscaling and so on. So I don't think there's anything untoward happening. I just think that Nintendo are being careful and the publishers are being careful, and that's reasonable at this point. Irrespective of what actually is true or not from there, the the, the partners list is very encouraging. Mm-hmm. You know, Bethesda are a partner. EA are back Capcom. with Nintendo. yeah. You know, there are some, you know, there are some big people here. There are some big companies here. It will be interesting to see what ends up coming to fore. I mean, surely it's more likely to see some of these people come back on board, Shahid, because of the NVIDIA chip, which is confirmed, and the fact that it runs Unreal, right? Unreal is a major draw. The 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 fact that uh, Unreal is going to be, I guess, translated for for this chipset is is very encouraging. If you have a look at NVIDIA's very top-line page on the nature of the work that they've done, you'll notice that they very much emphasized the mobile aspect and underplayed the full-screen aspect. Mm-hmm. They have said that the, the chipset is based on the design of uh, desktop-class GPUs, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to have the same power. It can't. You know, it's in a mobile format. They've also said that they worked very hard on customization specifically for the 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 Switch. I was about to call it the NX. I still got NX so, so much in my head mm-hmm. there. Um, and, and that includes things like physics, which is becoming increasingly important. There are more and more interesting techniques you'll see, especially by NVIDIA, where they're getting incredibly realistic physics, including fluid and cloth simulations, running on the gpu as opposed to the cpu and 
my guess is that they would have done a lot of customization in partnership with Nintendo to make sure that the lower level APIs support some of the most advanced techniques, even if they don't go to 4K and higher. That matters less and less in a portable format. So what Unreal will be doing is, because they're absolutely ASET rendering, is that they'll be using those lower level APIs that NVIDIA have created to support some of the most advanced functionality. That's what makes top level, top tier games possible on a device like this. Don't get me wrong, they won't look as great as they'll look on PS4 Pro Mm -hmm. and Xbox Scorpio, but they will look great. They're going to be great Nintendo games, right? I mean, this isn't a new thing for the for the Nintendo console to be underpowered. But one of the great things about Nintendo is that they are able to make their own amazing games and they're able to work with partners to make a lot of fun games as well. Yeah. I don't think that this... That I, I'm not too worried about the power of this thing, in all honesty, as long as it gives me comparable experiences to what I'm used to with Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my only concern is that we also got kind of the same announcement when the Wii U launched, you know, the same list of partners like uh, Ubisoft and Activision and Konami and Sega and Capcom and all the big mm-hmm, names. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, slowly but surely, everyone pulled out and there were basically no third parties left with the, with the Wii U. Maybe Nintendo can do better this time. Again, like in theory or in practicality, hopefully they are making the development for the console easier, right? Like the development for the Wii U was much more complex and required, if I'm right in remembering this, it required these developers to do specific, more specific things for the Nintendo platform than they're doing for other platforms, which doesn't make sense when it's yeah. the minority platform. It's easier now. So l- let's just briefly talk about the hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned we're getting uh, an NVIDIA chip, a custom Tegra processor, which is you know sort of a continuation of NVIDIA's work on the... Um, the shield hardware, it seems like, uh, and specifically the the what's the name, the shield K1 tablet from Nvidia. Um, according to so the company had a blog post of like uh, the development took like five hundred many years, and we made custom APIs and all that. Uh, one thing to mention about Nvidia and the Tegra line and these tablet devices is that when it comes to the shield K1 tablet. Um, the battery life was one of the most problematic aspects. A lot of reviews mentioned that when playing games natively on the Shield tablet, which promised high performance and you know PC-like quality in terms of graphics, uh, battery ran out in like two to four hours, which is kind of okay, I guess, for a portable console. We don't know any details from Nintendo yet, so we'll have to wait and see. So um, I have a couple of thoughts about that um, and unhopeful guesses. One, it won't be driving the same power that the Shield was trying to power. I don't think that they're going to go for console-like graphics most of the time. Um, I think it will be a little bit more constrained. I also have grand hopes for a official battery extender from Nintendo, mm. considering that in a lot of play, ex- play experiences, you're not actually holding on to the console itself. You're either detaching the controller from it or you're holding the controller. As long as it's mm-hmm. light enough, the actual Switch screen part can be thicker and heavier because you'll be holding on to the sides so that's my hope is that there will be some kind of battery pack 
battery packs, battery cases. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Or maybe just let it charge via USB and let me use the battery that I already have for my iPad, for example. Exactly. All, all of those things work for me. And if I get any mm. of them, I don't care what the battery life is like. like. It doesn't bother me if it's a two-hour battery life if there are many options for me to True. extend that True. battery life, right? Like, this, that's how I feel about it. Because, you know, they show the kid on the plane... I want to be able to play it for an entire plane journey. Like this, this is finally like the 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 game device for planes that I've always wanted. Because I've taken like the iPad and the controller, but it's too much. The idea of having just these little handheld controllers that I can just pop off and just keep in my hands. Yeah. Yes. It's perfect. It's and kind, a kickstand. You know, the especially. kickstand, man. The kickstand. Yeah, that's amazing. More than anything in this... I know this, is, this sounds crazy, but more than anything in this entire video, the kickstand for me shows that Nintendo understand their customers. Because kickstands yeah. are ugly and silly things to put on a product. Typically, someone will want to sell a stand or sell a case. But they know how people will want to use this, so they built a little kickstand into it so you can prop it up. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, so quickly on the hardware, uh, all the leaks were basically correct. It's a hybrid console. There's a screen, which is the actual console. Nintendo said to IGN, I think, uh, there's no processing going on in the dock. The actual console is in the screen. And the dock is used for uh, output on the on the TV. Um you dock the console at home. You can snap the controllers on the sides. The controllers are called... I don't know if this is the final name. They're called the Joy-Con controllers. Which, I mean, all right, Joy-Con. I can live with that. There's also a new Switch Pro controller, which is the one that I want to get uh, because it has an actual D-pad. Otherwise, on the Joy-Con controllers, Nintendo went from the full D-pad uh, to the button-based design. So there's like four buttons, not a real D-pad, which is the first time in, I don't know, decades or since forever, I think, that in, uh, the base controller of a Nintendo console hasn't shipped with a real D-pad. Um, what about the tiny D-pad? What? No, that's not a tiny, so <laughs> a lot of people not. are making fun of that. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a plus and minus button yes. on, the, on the Joy-Cons for, like, I assume, volume up and down. And I think it was Polygon reported that it was a tiny, joy, a tiny D-pad. That's hilarious. Oh, how could you even think that? Oh, man. This is what happens when you're trying to rush to report news. Yeah, someone on Twitter <laughs> took a screen grab of the video and was like, what is this, a D-pad for ants? <laughs> which <laughs> was awesome anyway um, there's a lot of speculation going on because with a three minute video it's not like Nintendo published you know a text specs page uh, we're left to speculate on every single detail so the resolution is it or is it not 720p it should be 20, uh, 720p so uh, at least HD um, we know that it's going to use game cards, not cartridges in the sense of Nintendo 64 and Super Nintendo cartridges, but more like game cards in the sense of 3DS mm -hmm. game cards. It's not going to be compatible with the 3DS game cards. So uh, you won't be able to buy a 3DS game and pop it into the, the Nintendo Switch because it, it's different format. Um, we don't know uh, 
what the controllers are going to be able to do in terms of motion controls. There's a lot of speculation suggesting that the Nintendo dock at home has an IR sensor built in at the top, so the controllers have, have uh, you know, can read the infrared light and be used as motion con- controls without having to buy a separate sensor bar like the Wii and the Wii U. But again, not confirmed. Um, we don't know, this is the big one, we don't know if it's a touchscreen, because in the video, Nintendo never showed anyone using the device uh, with touch or with an actual interface, so we don't know what the system OS is going to be like, we don't know if there's going to be a touch component. I have no desire for this to have a touchscreen, and I hope that Nintendo don't do it. Well, it's going to be tricky, I guess, to... I mean, sure, you can navigate the OS without touch, yeah. you know, just use buttons... Yeah, reduce the complexity and reduce the need to push something else on developers to ham-fistedly add touch controls into their games. I'm looking at you, back touchscreen of the Vita. Like, mm. no, well said. <laughs> you know, well said. I mean, you know, we gone. Yeah, we 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 had we had this thing right where we'd want developers to use all of the features of the device, and any time you're pushing something unique you want developers to use that s aspect to show it off but is it really helping in any way is it really useful is that how people use it i think with the vita people were perfectly happy using just the controllers there were maybe a few who wanted to use a touchscreen but touchscreen was really a vogue thing because of iphones and androids and so on you know smartphones introducing decent touchscreens meant oh well the vita has to have a touchscreen I don't think it was really that important. And I I agree with with you. I don't think that it's necessary to have one on the Switch. I wouldn't miss it. Yeah, I I have no desire to use a touchscreen. Like, I don't have any of my other gaming consoles and I can navigate menus just fine. You know, Mm. Federico, I was thinking, you know, you're saying about the D-pad. I'm wondering if a lot of games will use the left four buttons as a D-pad. Like, just in place of a D-pad. You know, you've got, like, on the Joy-Cons on the left and right, they've both yeah. got four buttons on them. I yeah. bet a lot of games use those in the same way that um, you could always flip the the DS and stuff like that in some games for if you're left or right-handed. So I did... There was a bunch of games where, like, if you were left-handed, you would use the stylus in your left hand and you'd use the four buttons on the right as a D-pad. Like, I used to do that a bunch with games. Mm-hmm. where they required a D-pad. and uh, mm-hmm. So it, it's possible to do this, and I think a lot of people will do that. Um, it's not going to be as great as a D-pad, but it, but it might work. I'm just saying that because I'm looking at the Joy-Cons yeah. right now. Uh, Joy-Con, yeah, Joy-Con feels like something that slipped out of Japan. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, uh, yeah, That is a weird name. It's very, <laughs> it's very Nintendo Wii. Can you imagine some managers on the phone with Nintendo of America and be like, just let us have these guys, please. Just please. Just, like, it's, it's not a problem. Name. It's a unique name. No one cares about it. Just let us call you it that. You took everything from us. Just let us have this name. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really sounds like that because the Pro Controller is just called the Switch Pro controller exactly you know (laughs) anyway it's just it's just a shame that uh you know the nintendo has made at least in my recollection always the finest d-pads around uh always i always loved the feelings of of the nintendo d-pads whether it was for pokemon games or pikmin or fighter fighting games 
they were awesome. The tactile feel and the build quality. So it's just a shame that the default configuration of the of the Switch One have a real D-pad. So I understand why, especially for uh, you know because Nintendo in the video showed that you can uh, remove the the controllers from the sides of the screen and then you can hand one to one person and you can use another one. So. If you, you know, in multiplayer scenarios, being able to have four buttons instead of a D-pad, that was necessary to enable two people to play with the same console. So mm -hmm. I totally understand why. And that's, again, also why I'm going to get a Switch Pro controller, because when, when I'm out and about, I don't mind about, you know, taking a full controller with me, with a, which has an actual D-pad, so I can prop up the, the Switch on the kickstand, and then I'm going to play with the Pro Controller, just as I play now with my iPad Pro and my Nimbus controller, I can do the same with Nintendo games. No big deal. Uh, final comments on speculation from the people of the internet. We mentioned motion controls, touch screen. Uh, a lot of people took screenshots of the sides of the Joy-Cons, uh, because apparently there's going to be hidden shoulder buttons on the Joy-Con controllers as well, which are, again, you don't see them when they're snapped to the sides of the screen, but when you remove them, you're going to have shoulder buttons as well. And finally, USB ports, we don't know how they're going to be used, probably for charging, probably for peripherals. Again, uh, Nintendo gave no official details yet. And that's about it for the hardware. It's basically... I don't want to say a glorified NVIDIA Shield, but it's a, obviously a very tight collaboration between the two, and it's totally what we were expecting. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to obsess over the hardware. I feel like... Why not? <laughs> no, because I, you know, I, I want to talk about what the hardware enables yeah. rather than the specs alone. And I feel like the local multiplayer that Nintendo showed in the video is going to be a big focus of this console, and Shade says... It's going to be awesome. I agree. Uh, I can totally see myself doing this occasionally with my friends. A lot of times with my girlfriend, I think it's awesome that you can just take the console with you and give a controller to another person. I think it totally works as an idea. I agree completely with you, Federico, on the hardware obsessing. Nintendo has been extremely smart here. They're, they're making sure that the hardware is good enough to support their best use cases. I think what they did was they came up with use cases first and then thought, okay, how much hardware do we need to make this work? And can we afford that? Can we afford it from an end price point to the, to the customer? Can we afford it in terms of development time? Can we afford it in terms of getting partners together to ensure that it's not too complex for them to address? They looked at all of those aspects before they committed to the hardware and in working with nvidia to make sure they've got something just right i don't think it really matters either i think as long as it's powerful enough to support all of those use cases any additional power is completely unnecessary especially in a portable form factor what about so like kind of continuing the hardware discussion but we still i mean nintendo was sticking firm on march mm -hmm. what do we think I mean, I have been in. I've been in the fern camp of not believing they could do it for a long time. Uh, I think we're gonna get sometime in January either some kind of event, like an actual physical event in a geographic location with actual people, <laughs> or, <laughs> or <laughs> which they haven't done in a long time. A long uh, time. <laughs> or we're gonna get again some kind of Nintendo Direct with uh, a lot of videos, like a twenty-minute or thirty-minute direct. 
Um, I think it's most likely it's going to be a combination of the two in the sense of we're going to get a Nintendo Direct on YouTube and some, you know, a lot of folks from the press are going to be, you know, are going to fly out to Nintendo. They're going to try, you know, under embargo and they're going to have like stories coming out on the same day, like maybe a month or maybe a couple of months before the release date. I don't know. Yeah, I think that I think that second scenario is more likely that they do a big direct and they do private press briefings. I do not see them doing a press conference anymore. I, I think they Nintendo have learned how how effective and how polished they can make their presentations if they pre-record them, edit them, jazz them up, and release them. I think they've. Ha- I think the direct has been one of the better things that's happened to Nintendo in the last few years. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, Nintendo said we're gonna we're gonna release more details when the time is right, and I guess we'll get you know the Zelda release date and the first actual uh, details well, of Mario. Surely the Zelda comes out on release day, right? Like it's gotta. Zelda comes out on on, on launch day for sure. Mario, I don't I don't know. Maybe uh, my idea is we're gonna get Zelda for sure. Maybe the adaptations of uh, Super Mario Kart Eight and Splatoon. Which, according to some folks on Twitter, they're not straight ports. They're like enhanced editions, if you will, with slightly better graphics and more extras. So it makes sense, you know. Uh, they're, they're basically Wii U games that you know few people actually enjoyed. Uh, so it makes sense to bring them over to the new console. You can reuse those games as a launch titles for the new console. It makes sense, especially if you're going after yeah. a new a new audience. I think Mario drops with launch. I think it's. I think it's. Gonna... Oh man, I would I would love that. That'd be incredible. I mean, new Nintendo console with a new real Mario game. You know, sign me up if I'm not already. Um, I have lots of questions, guys, right. about this console. We talked about third-party support, and there's not much to argue. Uh, we don't know. Nintendo showed this slide with a bunch of names, so I guess we'll see. Um, I want to talk about retro compatibility, not in the sense of 3DS game cards, but in the sense of what happens to Wii U software and what happens to the virtual console? The first one, I think I know the answer. Nintendo's going to resell those games, maybe at slightly lower prices. And I don't think the, the, the console no will be able to... No backwards compatibility of any kind, you think? No, no backwards compatibility of any kind and no Wii U virtual console. Going, there's going to be new downloads, new physical games of Wii U games repackaged as you know new edition or Switch edition, whatever. I think the virtual console, this is what I, what I want to understand. With the new Nintendo account system, if I bought a bunch of games on the virtual console for the 3DS and the, and the Wii U over the years, will I be able to merge those purchases and bring them on for free to my Nintendo Switch? Kind of like the App Store or the Google Play Store works on mobile devices? Or is it like, again, for like the fourth time, should I buy everything for, from scratch again? Uh, because th- this will mean it'll be like the fifth time that I bought Super Mario Bros. 3. I think the answer to your second question lies in your thoughts about your first. If you think that Splatoon and Mario Kart will be repackaged and resold, then you'll be buying the virtual console games again. Because people could have bought them from the eShop. I bought Splatoon. You know, let's say I bought Splatoon from the eShop and now Splatoon's out again. Why can't I download Splatoon? But I can download Super Mario Brothers because I bought it on the eShop. I don't think I think it'd be too difficult to mix those things together from a messaging perspective. Yeah, I think technically the the problem is 
in terms of emulation, you cannot emulate the Wii U yet. Oh, I a hundred percent know why, but I'm just thinking like, how do you explain? Explain to people, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Unless they just say like virtual console games work, yeah. but eShop purchases don't. I don't know. Yeah, we know it's gonna be messy because for all the Nintendo is doing right, there's going to be something somewhere someday. I'm sure that we will be like, why are you doing this, Nintendo? Maybe, you know, fewer instances of this behavior than in the past, but there's going to be something. And my fear is this is going to come up with the virtual console or the eShop. Anyway, so we don't know. This is a big theme that I want to talk about. The idea of dual screen gaming has been for Nint- with Nintendo for over a decade, since 2004 with the first DS, and you could argue even before if you consider the GameCube and the GBA link cable, but let's not talk about that. Let's pretend that never happened. Um, Let's talk about the DS and the Wii U. So dual screen gaming has been with us for the past decade. Now Nintendo is moving away from that. What does it mean for games? What does it mean for game design? Do we know 100% that they're moving away from dual screen gaming? Well, I mean, the, 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 at home, the console has to be docked. Of course it does, you're... yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, then, yes, they're moving away from it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think that Nintendo are completely aware of the fact that the Wii U didn't do them any good. They, they, nobody was saying, oh, man, the Wii U is, a, is, a, is not a great console, you know, there are some flaws with it, but boy, do I love that second screen. No one was saying that, right? You, you look at the games Nintendo were making, like uh, the Captain Toad game. That did, all it did was just emulate what was on the first screen. There were so many first-party games from Nintendo that didn't use the second screen. Like, I think they know that it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I think at least in the home environment... It it just it just doesn't work. It's not necessary. It, it's it's harder to focus on both screens. You know, with the DS, it, they're both there. They're like one on top of each other. Like it's easy to see them. With the with the Wii U, it didn't make any sense, and a lot of it was so ham fisted. I I just think that it's time to kill that. That idea did not work for the home console. And this is what leads me to my second bigger question. So this is being, and this is primarily for Shahid. This is positioned as a hybrid console, which is both home console and portable console. We can argue about what's more important of the two, but the fact is this wants to do both types of experiences. Now, when it comes to Nintendo portable consoles, in the past, uh, whether it was developers or gamers or the press, one aspect that people always loved was how on the Game Boy and the DS, those games were designed for the portable lifestyle. So shorter experiences, a gameplay built for moving around, not sitting in front of a TV. If you make a hybrid console, how can you reconcile the two different gaming experiences that lie within a home console and a portable console at once? It's very hard. It's very, very hard. You have to focus on one or the other, and you have to treat the one that's less focused on as an extension. I think that that works for very, very few games. So imagine 
you have a dual screen game and there is one screen that is a primary screen and one screen that is a secondary screen. It's almost like taking those two screens apart and changing them, instead of having them happening at the same time, you're having them happen at a different time. And those different times are your use cases, portable use or home use. I'm guessing that the console senses when it's docked. And when it does so, you could perhaps enable a bunch of features or disable a bunch of features selectively depending on how the console is currently being used. So you could, for example, reconfigure the UI, you could reconfigure the HUD, you could have a completely different set of things. I mean, you know, we haven't talked about storage yet either. How does that work on this device? Is it, presumably it's going to be storage to card as well. But, you know, is there going to be a cloud component? If so, is that going to work on the go? Probably not, I would imagine. Who knows? You know, we, we don't know if it's got any kind of mobile chip in it. I very much doubt it. So it really does depend on the the developer. I just don't see that there is going to be an awful lot of work done by developers on differentiating the two cases. So they're going to choose to focus on one or the other. I, I don't see anybody focusing on uh, creating something that works brilliantly, both in the home use case and in the portable use case. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see developers having to adopt features like quick save, for example, uh, instead of you know having the traditional checkpoints, for example, when you play at home and the game says every you know 30 minutes or 20 minutes, uh, there's going to be for sure a quick save feature uh, for you know playing on the go, so you don't lose your progress. Uh, I'm just curious to see how, if there's not going to be a Nintendo DS anymore, all the games that indie developers or bigger companies make for that type of console, uh, are they going to be able to make those games even for the Switch? So let's imagine, I don't know, like, uh, what's the, the, the what, Mike, what's the name of that game with the, with the, with a cube, uh, Cube Boy. Do you remember oh. that 3DS game? Yeah, I'm gonna let's just call it Cube Boy while I look. Let's it up. call it Cube Boy. <laughs> so let's imagine any indie game, you know, that doesn't have the scale or the budget of a console game. Does Nintendo want developers to make those games for a home console and just a home console? I mean, I'm gonna buy those because I bought those on the PS4. It's just interesting to see Nintendo moving away from the dual approach of we have our the Nintendo on the go and the Nintendo at home. Now it's going to be just one Nintendo. It was Box Boy, by the way. Box Boy, thank you, Cube Boy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess we're going to see indie developers making games for the Switch and that's about it because we don't know if Nintendo's going to make another portable console. Well, did you see the partner list? Of course you did. Did you yeah. notice how many independent developers yeah, were on that exactly. list? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't think Nintendo's focus is on independent development at this point. I think their focus is on shaping the initial experience to match the message that they're trying to put out. And that requires a lot of resources because, as you say, it's very, very hard to get that hybrid approach right. And they're presumably betting on partners who will make sure that their message is delivered on. That's why you see very, very few partners on that list. I would imagine that they are reasonably heavily incentivized to make sure that what they're creating is absolutely perfect for Switch or as close to perfect as they can get it for launch, certainly. My favorite partner on the partner list is Dina. 
<laughs> yeah, I think uh, they actually comment on that and they said we're working on infrastructure with Nintendo or something like that. So we all know why they're on that list because yeah. they're helping they're Nintendo the <laughs> make the stuff work. <laughs> uh, so, well, uh, closing arguments. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. What are our thoughts on the Switch? I'm going to go first. I'm going to say this is what I've always dreamed. I think, as a Nintendo fan, this is what I've always wanted. I have concerns about battery life and third-party games. I think this will work with the consumer, with the general audience, with that space, better than the Wii U. I, everyone I showed the video to was like, that, that's very nice, that's, that's pretty great, that's a Nintendo console that I want to get. I think this will be better. There's still so many questions left. So before making a final decision on my idea i'm gonna go with a thumbs up i think nintendo is doing a lot of things right but i want to wait for january february anytime before the actual launch and see what the launch strategy looks like so i will give a big thumbs up because as in the same for the many of the same reasons they've given me exactly what i've wanted from them in many ways like just from a this is the type of games console that i want to also like nintendo fix your problems and they've, they've done a lot of that. My main problem with Nintendo for the last two or three years has been their branding and their messaging. It's been a disaster. And they've fixed that. I think that this will do well. I actually have a lot of faith in them to make the hardware right. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... I would bet on it that they're going to make the hardware good. The hardware's going to be good. It's going to be what we want. The only thing that is a question mark for me right now is something that we haven't discussed, which is price. Price is key to the success of this console. And I think Nintendo have to make it less than $300 mm-hmm. for this thing to work. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yes. They need to price it where it belongs. And so, you know, even at 300 at launch, I mean, they really need to get this thing down to 250 quickly. And that's going to be incredibly difficult incredibly difficult but i think that's the way that they succeed here this thing cannot cost as much as an xbox and as much as a playstation it just can't yeah i agree and it's a thumbs up from me the trailer had style verve excitement uniqueness everything i would have loved to have seen from a nintendo reveal like mike i love the branding i love the messaging and i love all of the use cases that they showed in the trailer the pricing has to be right I would hope in the UK, no more than, say, £229. I think that's okay. I would imagine it's going to be slightly more than that, though, given the hardware and so on. I would like to see a larger partner list. I'd like to see independent developers more involved, but I think that's not going to happen straight away. And for me, that I think the, the best I can say about it is that this is the console that I would have loved to have seen the Vita grown up to be. 